0: is brain training, how to reduce stress, anxiety, and depression using brain training. Nice. So the principles of neuroplasticity, you know, the stuff that you're, you did over those 30 days are one small example of doing a small thing that you're in control of that yep. can actually change the brain chemistry right. in a positive oh. direction because the brain's so good at processing negative information because that's what it was tuned to do over millions of years. Right, so when the laughter is actually driving in positivity in terms of brain chemicals,
1: right? Because, um, and you may have noticed somewhere around like day 11, I mean, I really started to feel the effects of it. I and what I noted in my notes is that I think before I just didn't allow myself to laugh because
0: of you know, because uh-huh. especially right now. Not many people are allowing that because they feel under yeah, enormous stress.
1: Exactly. It can feel like not appropriate or not useful. I didn't know really that I actually needed to laugh. I didn't really realize that I needed that to kind of release the tension. Otherwise, I was holding on to a lot of tension inside of me and not releasing it because I didn't think uh, laughing was like an appropriate release.
0: And Life I- is bloody funny though, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, it released all this tension. And then, like, I noticed my days were just better. And I felt good. You know, the good things that happened to me, like, for instance, like good news coming my way, like, they had stronger impressions on me. And I, I felt even more grateful and even just happier than, than normal, if I were to receive yeah. that information otherwise.
0: So I'll just give you a little neuroscience piece to add to this conversation so we can insert this. So you're saying this and now, the neuroscience behind that, yeah. um, the why is because, um, as I said to you, the brain's main job is to sense your environment and keep you safe. Right. It's a sensing organ. Really good at it. Developed over a long period of time, millions of years, way before humans.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Starting in mushrooms, bacteria, mushrooms, they're all sensing their environment. You don't, you don't flinch when I say that. You know that's true, right. right? You know that bacteria and mushrooms, whole job is to sense their environment, get nutrients and stay alive and reproduce, right?
1: Right, because they have that intelligence in their cells already.
0: Yeah, they have it like a miniature, not human, but similar nervous system.
1: Okay, I see.
0: If you know what I mean. And so we came from that place over billions of years of evolution. So viruses are much cleverer than us because they've been around a lot longer, but so, which, which is kind of an interesting thought around this pandemic to get people to understand what we're saying. Okay. So why, when we stop laughing and um, all of those things is because the brain, you know, just is, it's always going to be processing negative first. And now, and, and what does that mean for us in the current pandemic is that uh It's just everywhere. It's constant. It's, it's unremitting bad news.
1: Mm. Now,
0: how does anyone protect themselves from that environment? um, When the brain's so clever, it's, it's visualizing things, it's hearing things, it's sounding things. I mean, that's what it does. So what do we have to do? So where does this laughter piece come in? We have to consciously drive in positivity. Mm. You think that that, that doesn't make sense, right? Because you think that our natural state is to be happy. Well, it is at some level, but it really is secondary to survival. So the brain's primary focus is trying to keep you safe and alive.
1: I see. So purely for survival reasons, like hearkening back to the survival tactics we needed to live, that's why we're wired
0: for fear, basically? Hardwired. Wow. Okay. And not only that, we come into this world pre-wired and the amount of difference between humans is because over generations, we have different generations of wiring coming into each of our individual brains. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Right, I see. So throughout the years, but so would you say that it's made made it harder for us to break that cycle of being
0: hardwired for fear we don't even no one's even been shown or told that right i see right no that's that's not something uh it's a this is a brain thing it's nothing to do with leah it's nothing to do with with leah's mom it's nothing to do with leah's auntie or grandparents
1: Right. and there's nothing wrong
0: with any of us it's just the brain and it's wiring generates these inside chemicals and, and wires, and mm. wires. That's why we're all so different. Even within a family, you'll see different responses to different situations because each brain is so individually wired. Wow. And, it's, and we come into this world like this. And it's not just your parents that gave you your brain. It's your grandparents and your great-grandparents. And all the way back in history to down to tiny, po- tiny molecules in your brain
1: mm-hmm.
0: came from Something they're not mushroom but plant like, but they've, they're similar mechanisms that the brain uses to do the same kind of thing, which makes total sense, right?
1: Yeah,
0: it's like, and so anyway, without going too deep there, it's just to tell you that you are not Leah, you are not your brain,
1: mm.
0: you are Leah, but you are not your brain. Mm. And you, so because of this nature of the wiring, this fear-centered, so fear is an outcome of wiring. Mm, I see. Because we like the labels of fear, anxiety, and depression, but they're just labels that we've all made up. But underneath those labels lies physical connections and chemicals inside the brain that are generating those behaviours. What chemicals specifically? So... Um, there 's a basically so this is kind of a complicated question, but I can just hit it with two main things from childhood not to three it 's cortisol, the stress okay. hormone, okay. and adrenaline the the hormones of fight and flight that are activated um, and under a stressful, fearful face, or bad taste. To, to, these are the chemicals that are instantaneously switched on before you're even consciously aware of it to keep you safe and away from predators, mm. bad food, bad smells, you know, things that are dangerous to your existence. Mm-hmm. And then they're switched off. So a well-tuned brain will detect and then switch off these systems. But brains that come into this world um, that have come from a lot of adversity, like extreme adversity, don't have the capacity to switch off those signals as much. And the constant production of these negative chemicals, and some of them are positive, right? They get you to write this book. They're the positive side of it. Mm. Then they'd start to destroy or reshape the circuitry to make you more fearful in the long run. For example.
1: Wow, I see.
0: And that's the that's the default mode of the brain. Wow, because it makes sense, right? It's what's it's what it, the primary drive of what we need to stay alive, right? But we don't live with predators that are killing us every second. Now we have emails, and we have you know got to get into right college. We have a Western view of this now, but but the brain doesn't know the difference. I see.
1: Here's something, like when you say that, it brings up a good observation from where I was. Doing this 30 days of laughter. When you say, like, we're wired for those things, I had, and you'll, you, you'll see in my notes, I had like a strange, which cancer survivors do. I had a strange cancer scare. I received some news that really wasn't bad. Um, but because I am so wired to prepare for bad news, I feel like because I, I prepare myself.
0: So- so can I just interrupt? Are you a cancer survivor? A survivor, yes. So when did you have cancer? Two years ago. What did you have? I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, that's what the book is about. I had stage. I thought it was about someone else.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's funny. Um, yeah, I had stage two non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, and it is specifically diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. It was restricted to my lymph nodes in my chest, and my father had. Hodgkin's lymphoma so he had a similar disease though they were different in behavior. Um, what age did he get it? I think He got it in his mid-30s and he did pass away from complications when he was 42. Oh, I'm so sorry Leah. No thank how you, well were you. I was eight years old. Right. I was eight years and, then,
0: old. and your mother how did she take that?
1: Oh gosh talk about you know, trying to break cycles of negativity, because I think for her, it still is something, you know, she she tries, to, it's been years, and it's still, I can tell, had such an impact on her life, and it's hard for her to process it. Um, but she's well. I mean, of course, we're doing well. It's been a long time. It's been 15 years. But what's interesting and why I'm writing the book is because I was two years ago then diagnosed with a similar- about you. I was 21, I was in college, um, I was diagnosed with a similar disease. So although I, you know, I adopted humor because he used humor well, he was a comedian, very funny. Um, and he took it on in that way and he really inspired me. Although I used humor and it helped me get through it a lot, I have this underlying, you know, fear that I'm I'm headed for the same direction naturally because if it happened to him and I'm his child you know so I have those fears that I really try to hone in on and stop like you mentioned which is like the practice of what we're doing is 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 catching those feelings but um yeah what happens is like you know in the past couple of weeks I had A scare. I got some strange news. You know, when you I receive PET scans every year or so, and they always see like one little thing. They're like, "Oh, the a few things are lighting up," but I know how sensitive they are. So, you know, they're not worried at all. My oncologists aren't worried. You know, they're like, "We'll see you again in a couple of months. Everything is fine." But because I'm so wired for fear, I'm so
0: wired for the bad news. So, can I just say to you two things on top of this? Yeah. Um, and this is where the adverse childhood experiences work really comes to the fore and the activation of the amygdala. The fact that your father passed it when you're eight
1: mm-hmm. will
0: have, an, have had an impact in, in increasing the activation of that part of the brain. Oh, wow. Of course, you know, that loss that, and the, the trauma around that is big. And that's now, this is not to go into the trauma, okay, Leah? We're not going into the trauma because yeah. it's not going to help because it's like, oh, it's just not good. What does help is exactly what you're doing.
1: Mm.
0: Exactly what you've found, and then you've met me. I'm a neuroplasticity expert. I'm going to help you calm your amygdala to reduce that fear activation so that you can improve the neuroplasticity, the, the brain architecture that surrounds this wiring. It's just wiring. It's not you. It's what happened to you. It's not what you, it's nothing to do with you. These things were outside your control, and they're no one's fault, but they're a brain mechanism that's that's activated. And the laughing humor aspect of this really helps to drive in the positive neurochemicals to outcompete the, the stress hormones that have been generated from this feared part, fear circuit. So what you're describing is absolutely real, and it's not to dismiss it. But with this training and we keep going because 30 days isn't enough right now. And it doesn't have to be just laughter. So I built an app where we do tracing exercises because that helps to build up the prefrontal cortex, which is the part that helps get top down control of the amygdala. The amygdala sits down here in the base in the middle and it's so old. It's so old, this circuit, because it's so important. So what you're describing to me is exactly what most the majority, 90% of the planet has. They just don't know that this is all it is and it's not their fault. And you came in pretty wide with other things too that you'll never work out. Right. So there's no point just even going back to the eight-year-old thing. It's no point even going back. There's just no point to that. It doesn't help. What does help is today, well, 30 days ago, you started this journey or even longer when you decide to write this positive book for you and for others. Yeah, You've already started the journey. So your journey is already different to your father's.
1: I see. I see. Because I've chosen to battle, to continue to push the positive energy
0: in there. Somewhere. And it's positive. It's not energy. It's neurochemicals. Right. It's physical connections. It's a real thing. It's not, it's, it's, it's like you, are, I call it path A versus path B. Uh-huh. In path B, the brain likes to take you down the easy path, where you feel sorry for yourself, and um, and this is nothing to dismiss, anything to like. This is not to take away from everything that you've been through. I totally empathize with you completely. Mm-hmm. Just know that, okay. And I have the same trauma, right? So I have everything too. So, but what I've discovered as a neuroscientist working in this space for a long time, that neuroplasticity can help to reduce the impact on these circuits. Laughter is just one thing and it happens and comedy, it just happens to resonate with you. It may not resonate with the person next to you, but that doesn't matter. If you can hit 30% of the market that it does resonate with, then you've just changed the life of a lot of people. And so what you're doing right now, is a neuro, laughter is like a neuroplasticity tool where it's helping to reduce the fear part of the brain, the amygdala and its associated circuits. It's helping to drive in positive neurochemicals that are outcompeting the natural base of negative chemicals that have been built up over a long period of time. So laughter, because you have to consciously do it, you're actually having to consciously drive it in. But then eventually the brain is so fricking clever that that will become an automatic new habit. The brain will start to do it for you. Just like it's doing the negative thing for us because it's done it forever. And the humans species hasn't cottoned onto this sufficiently enough to gain brain control, which is why I'm so into brain health. You see, Right. People have outsourced their brain to everyone and they're using all these techniques, which somewhat work, right. To help people tap into it, but deep breathing and laughter could tap into the same way without having to sit there and talk about your problems for, for right. forever. It doesn't help. Eventually the brain gets traumatized from the trauma of thinking about it.
1: Right. Right.
0: You see what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. That makes sense. So the First
0: six months in therapy. Great. It helps you identify things. But eventually you have to take path A, which is the path of the most resistance because the brain likes to save energy. Mm. And then as you saw driving in this laughter, just remembering to do it for 30 days is not an easy task. It's not something that you default to yet, but I know you will. Mm. And so I just went 30 days without alcohol, for instance, and it's been a long, yeah, no zero doing dry July and the benefits The first week week was a bit difficult. The second week, the fourth week, all the benefits started to kick in, and I could think more clearly. The space between a stimulus and my my response to a trigger had widened. And this is going to what you're going to notice is laughter helps you put a gap between how you would be triggered by oh my god, Dad died, I'm going to die, to a response like I'm not Dad. I'm doing neuroplasticity laughter and I expect to keep doing this and finding other ways to retrain my brain because fear, like if you just keep on that pathway, the fear is generating negative chemicals which then can make things worse in your body because your body holds the score of all of this stuff. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's no hiding from the subconscious processing in your brain. I see. So So when you're doing this laughter, you're retraining and and reducing these chemicals that will help you stay healthier let me in ask, your body
1: when you're retraining the brain are you
0: able to undo the damage it's not on? undoing i wouldn't call it undoing i would say new circuitry okay. and calming I and I, and the reason it takes time is because we're we're setting up new circuit not a whole it's not a new neuron Okay. It's, it's, it's at the end of neurons, you have these little thing called synapses.
1: Okay.
0: And, and with a lot of stress and trauma and worry and fear, it, it, it makes those little synapses retract back inside. So they're not functioning as well. Oh, I see. What you're doing with this laughter and positive neurochemicals and this new way of being in your life is you're actually getting them to work again. I see
1: you're getting them so, to work without being blocked by
0: these negative feelings. Yeah, well the feelings are chemicals. They're not like we call them feelings and everything, but right. I think what we want for your book and for others is to recognize this is a physicality just like your arm. It's just like your arm. Right. But we treat the brain like it's some big freaking nightmare and it's not. It's really got some simple circuits that can be trained and fear is a big one which leads to anxiety and, and all of this starts very young in life mm-hmm. and the way you handle it is taught to you by your parents.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the fact that your father died and he was probably the comedian in the family, but knowing that, knowing that makes me think he was holding a lot of trauma in his life oh, from yeah. his family. Like God knows what, maybe a survivor of some big thing that I don't know about, but that's my guess. Yeah like he probably came from some traumatic background is my guess. And then his way of coping was being funny.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) And then your mother didn't because of her grief, this is not to go into, it's just to explain to you how I know that without knowing anything. Right. Because I know a lot about how the brain works. Right. Um, And your mother, how she handled her grief, you would be mirroring that. So you've been spending your life trying to make her feel happy too because it's hard for you to see her sad because you're the daughter do you know what i mean and so these things come together to impact the way the brain works i see but you can change it at any moment you want and laughter is a huge tapping into this mechanism right it's a conscious way of you recognizing you have the power right you see what i'm saying
1: definitely and it's so interesting that you say yeah, I'm so used to speaking of feelings and energy and, you know, because I, I don't have the science to back it up. So it's so I love yep. that you're, you're giving me the science
0: to really Yes. because it makes yes. sense. Yes, oh. yes. And what we're doing across all government um, organizations right now and part of a working party, we need a common vernacular across all organizations that's rooted in science. Mm-hmm. And this science, once you understand this, it changes everyone's life because then they're so used to blaming themselves or the situations and everything. And it's no one's fault, really. It's just no one's been taught this science or how to train it. And that's why I'm so passionate about writing a book about brain, not mental health, because mental health just gives labels. Labels get swept under carpet because we're, we're ashamed or whatever. And nothing changes. No one talks about what they're doing for their brain. Like, imagine at Thanksgiving you have your family you and say, I've been doing laughter for 30 days for my brain health. What have you been doing? Now we talk about our physical trainers. We talk about yoga. We talk about meditation. And we're not afraid to talk about that now. We were once upon a time, to be honest, to talk about yoga and meditation. That's become more able to be talked about. But, you know, I can't wait to the day and I can feel it coming where everyone's focused on their brain health as they are about their physical health. It's, the brain comes first because it's, it's the actual first thing that comes the neural tube comes first out of everything in our body and during the birthing, during the conception process, the first thing formed is the brain. It's the neural tube and everything springs from there. So it's the bottom of everything. It's the beginning of everything and it, and it comes in pre-wired. So, so this fear that you talk about is rooted in a brain circuit. It's a physical connection. Um, There's epigenetic, Things that have happened over your life that mark what genes get expressed. Mm. And that's how that circuit is formed. But neuroplasticity and laughter, as an example, is helping to change that. Epi- epigenetics is environment. It's not set in your genes forever. It's right. how you can modify your genes.
1: Okay. They're
0: changing your environment and the way you do things. So laughter is tapping into changing the way your genes are expressed. Wow. For example really- laughter is just one example but it's a great one because it's a great way to tap into something bigger than just say smiling yeah. smiling's really good too yeah you know so it's all these these are what i call the minute like even sitting back and putting your shoulders up and taking deep breath is hacking similar circuits you know and this circuit you just mentioned is the one that's the oldest and drives all of these things and adverse childhood experiences um, has been studied for decades. And it's the, it's the science behind mental health that happens way later in life. And because the disconnection is so big in time, they've never been connected properly. Yeah. So we're connecting them together now. It's called ACEs Science Meets Real Life. And um, so there's a, you can see more about this on The Brain Story. Um, it's going all across Alberta in Canada now came out of Harvard and Oxford and government organizations um, have to be certified in the brain story to be funded now. So we're trying to get a common language, this science language across all organizations so we can make a bigger impact because at the moment, feelings, energy, everyone's off in silos, coming up with their own terminology, their own techniques. When there's this bottom line, in my opinion, knowledge, knowledge, That if everyone had, like Leah has, Leah's mother has, um, I have now, but I've been doing it for a long time, my daughter has, Mm. that knowledge raises all boats. The fact that I just said to you, you have a fearful circuit in your brain, and there's total good reason for it, and it can be changed by doing laughter for a month and two months and three months as one way, one first step in, a biohack into this neuroplasticity circuit, and then you starting to say, hey, oh, I wasn't fearful about I, that thought came in, but I didn't react the same way as a, as a way of working out how it's going.
1: That would be incredible if I could reach that point.
0: You, I, you, <laughs> like I, if, and laughter is just one of the many ways to do this. Wow. The first recognition is to understand you have the power to do it. I see. The now, second thing is understanding how the circuit works. And the third thing is working out all the strategies you do on a daily basis to keep training the circuit down and know that's all you're doing is training your brain. So that's what, what training the brain means, and basically. So
1: what, when we talk about physical illnesses of the body, I mean, would it then be true that we could trace pretty much all physical
0: illnesses to what is occurring Yes, yes, yes. So look up Gabor Mate's work around um, how uh, people that are people-pleasers end up having a lot of chronic illnesses later in life. Tell that. What was it? Uh, so Gabor, G-A-B-O-R, Mate, M-A-T-E. He's written The, uh, the goat, Hungry Ghosts. Um, he's tra- treated a lot of people with addiction in Vancouver and he talks a lot about how, and a lot of people talk about this, how adverse childhood experience, or, or you could just call it stress, gets under the skin and, and leads to lots of chronic illnesses. So this has been well studied for 30 years. I know you're going to say to me, how come no one talks about this when I go and see my primary care? Well, you just need to go to the right place now. And it's an, why I'm running, it's a revolution. It's an evolution. It's, it's like when you do this Leah, you will pass this on for three generations going forward. You're breaking a cycle. You're changing a pathway. So I don't know what your what happened with your dad's family, Was it like, was it some traumatic thing like from a war situation or anything like that?
1: He was, his parents were split up when he was young, divorced. He was Uh very poor. He never graduated high school. Yeah. Uh Such a fun loving person, but I think could
0: never get past those initial traumas. Yeah, exactly. So that was written in his brain. Mm. Uh, Not it's, so it's a wiring, it's a mechanism, and then it gets, gets generated. It goes down into the body unless it's retrained.
1: Wow.
0: And this has been well known for a long time. And so and um, what you're now doing, Leah, is breaking a cycle. We came together for a good reason. This is how the universe works at some other level that I don't understand. So I'm just teaching the bit I do understand, the science, the brain chemistry, the physical connections. That's what I study in my lab. And my app, Train the Brain, is about teaching people. So, we could bring in laughter, for example, we bring in all, tracing, we bring in these biohacks to help people tap into their plasticity. And yeah. so they can actually start to calm down these circuits that are very old. So, and this is the beginning part of brain training. Right. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right. So, really, you know, when you're training the brain, then it, it's all interconnected the body, but then also. Well, yeah. You, you probably once you're able to tap into you once you're able to recircuit your brain most likely because I, w- I was attending your talk on sugar which is so relevant yeah. by the way on a totally yeah. different note I also I
0: sugar yeah 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 well me too yeah.
1: yeah but so is it that when you're able to recircuit your brain not only is it helping your body but you're able to actively make healthier choices that in tandem are also helpful yes
0: yeah so the sugar is the subconscious wiring in your brain that got that got you got driven to to medicate the fear mm. right and and it 's totally wide con- those two parts of the brain the brain 's super clever it 's not going to let you stay in fear and forever because it 's going to kill your brain because of the cortisol and the adrenaline mm. they don 't like like that much neurochemicals that are bad, so the brain. Next to it is the nucleus accumbens, which is where the reward circuits are. So those two things are really close together. And then it, the brain's learnt to, uh, you know, people drink alcohol. It's, it's, that's what addiction is. It, it's all based from adverse childhood experiences. We know this. All the science is there. All mental health is driven by adverse childhood experiences over multiple generations. All mental health. Wow. Obesity, anorexia, Anxiety, depression, addiction, bipolar, schizophrenia. I see. There's a, they're all driven by gene-environment interactions. And it's not just your parents. It goes back so many generations. You'll never work out where it came from. Wow. So the hope in all of this is... So, so th- this is one way, this one way to start, Leah, it, mm-hmm. Like in terms of if you're seeking a lot of sugar, means that you're stressed. Yeah. so it's a great indicator of your stress and anxiety levels is how much sugar you're eating so that's one physical way to determine oh i must be stressed so i actually rewired my brain from sugar to raw nuts mm-hmm. because raw nuts have more nutrition in them um it t- took me some time but then i started to get my way you know i've had kids and i'm 55 so took me a long time to get my waistline back um, because I was like, I didn't know all of this when I was running a big lab at UCSF. I worked it out through research and lots of, you know, I've got, I can talk about this forever, but anyway, yeah. the sugar sugar addiction part is a great way to tap into a physical thing, which without having to wait to see if the dad's, the dad trigger trauma will take longer because it's so hardwired into your brain from from eight years of age. That's mm-hmm. been your life. And probably before that, as your dad got ill, and you may not have even been aware of that because your mum and dad were trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that part, right? So that one's going to take longer, but the sugar thing might be something you can tap into that sooner. Wow, I see. And a way to be able to work out how to tap into recognising that the stress is driving your sugar intake. Yeah. And then how can I do something else like laugh or go for a walk outside? to put a gap in mm-hmm. and then think of it, something else you can go to, mm. like some other thing that's healthier for you and then start to train your brain to do that. And then the brain will do it for you. So now I'm eating a lot of nuts because I'm a bit stressed because I've got so much going on. Yeah. but at least I now know what it is, but at least it's not, sugar's really hard to get out of your body. Yeah. Um, when you're my age, particularly when your age, your body can metabolize it, but it's still really bad for diabetes. And when you're taking a lot of sugar, it also it impacts the fear part of your brain. Mm-hmm. So in the short term, it medicates it to take out the stress. In the long term, it makes it more stressed out. Wow. Because sugar binds the brain like alcohol and nicotine.
1: That's what I, I discovered that too. I had a real sugar addiction, but I had to completely quit it. And it was hard. But then I realized, it's funny, I reach for raw nuts now too. Um, but yeah, I, I never would have thought four years ago, I would have ever been able to stop eating sugar, but I had to completely stop. And it's interesting because I feel like maybe I've experienced some of my own recircuiting with sugar. Yes. Cause I don't even reach for it anymore. It doesn't even. I know. Cross
0: See, and, but, so, so that's a great example of what this will happen with your fear memory about your dad. Wow. With training hmm. the same training. There's no difference. It's the same thing. You wow. made a conscious decision to quit sugar. That was a big, quest that was a big effort but mm-hmm. you made the conscious decision and then you went and did it now you're making conscious decision to change the fear-driven part about dad wow and it right? takes tries it takes it's normal for well it was in over years it can't come out in 30 days or overnight it just can't i wish it could but <laughs> if it could, i think if it was easy everyone would be doing it and that's why people find hard what i'm teaching but but right. this is a lot. this is for your children and this is for your grandchildren, and this is for your whole life, because aging you're young, mm-hmm. but you know and this pandemic has made it clear to everyone on the planet that they're impacted. so the pandemic's making all this stuff a bit harder too,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's subconsciously wiring the fear circuits because of the news and the people and everyone talking about it and case numbers and death rates. and how can you not be impacted by it? you'd be totally dead if you 're not, in my <laughs> opinion. So anything that you previously had in terms of fear is going to be amplified during this time. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it make sense though? That's, that's what happened to me too. That makes and I'm very know. conscious of all of this stuff, but it still happened to me.
1: That makes complete sense.
0: Wow, this is really revolutionary. <laughs> like, oh, I know. Well, that's why I'm trying to write this book to get yeah. to it. Uh, uh, this is my third attempt. And oh. I'm hoping maybe I'll send you my first... I was thinking, can I just send you my first few pages I've written?
1: Oh my gosh. To get
0: your feedback on uh, why, how I ended up on this story, and, and how I end up where I how I was developing drugs for twenty years, working with companies, working at UCSF, very medically trained pharmacist. and this is still a this is still a medical model of intervention. It's just that it's not traditional because you can't apply a drug, or we might be able to. From get, you know, like the psychedelics are kind of tapping into part of this, but then people get addicted to the experience and then they don't do the work that takes to keep the wiring. Go- like they need to do the psychedelic maybe, but then keep laughing for a year. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I see. Wow.
0: Yeah, so you can't just open your mind and get it changed. You've got to do the work.
1: Wow. I see. So naturally you're saying, you know, you really have to put in the work there.
0: Always. No pain, no gain. Uh, yeah. on the other side of pain, like pain, giving up sugar, that's painful mm-hmm. for a while. It is, but you have, but you've got the gains now.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. So this
0: is going to be painful as you, cause you've been this link between what you have been through and your father and missing your father and all of that is so t- intimately tied together. So breaking that's going to be painful, but it's going to be worth it because it's going to go into your body and you're going to get a new body.
1: Mm. You know what I
0: mean? You're going to have less stress. You're going to have less and the less stress and and also handling this pandemic and your career and jobs. You know, there's no, none of this goes away. But the one thing that does go away by doing this is we have internal locus over how to handle all this stuff coming at us by doing this biohacking, by, by consciously saying, hey, I'm going to put a gap between my stimulus and my response around this fear. By laughing every day or by reaching out and connecting with people or yeah, there's a whole strategy. There's laughing is just one tool in this kit. You now I've got this tracing game that can help too, which is building the prefrontal cortex to help with this circuit. This circuit's huge. This is not this circuit came over a long time. You know what I mean? Like if it was <laughs> laughing's gonna help and while you get Halfway through anything, as you'll see, halfway through a study, halfway through a PhD, you go into a lull period, yeah, where you get bored and you want to give up and oh, did I do the right thing, right? But then you push, 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 and then you come out of it and go, wow, I feel so good.
1: (laughs) So should I keep going? Really, just keep going, keep taking notes. I like that idea, anyways.
0: Yeah, you're really good at it too. I'm not good at doing the note part, but I'm I'm, I want to work with you on the science part of what you're talking about so that and see if we can put a step function between the stimulus response that's all we're doing really in terms of science
1: okay
0: yeah and rerouting things also um this will be really helpful for your mother
1: Mm.
0: as in you just smile i know i know but (laughs) like don't say anything it's through your smiling hugging and laughing I see. So she can feel like she doesn't need to be guilty or worried about what she's done to you. I see. It's a motherly instinct that we worry about. Oh, God, what? You know, oh. Mm. And she'll be so worried about you too. But you've got to try and alleviate that by going over the top of it.
1: Mm, That's a very good
0: point. So let me tell you how this works the smiling. You just do smiling for now and hugging. But the smiling thing works because it's a reflex in the front part of the brain called a mirror neuron system okay. and it's called serve and return if you want to think about it so your mother serves you something that makes you think oh my god mum's really stressed now you return with a smile
1: wow that's and then that's she hard. and
0: then and then she'll reflex I, it is because we've learned these behaviors of not doing it i had to retrain myself to hug cuz my mother never hugged her mother never hugged michael Meaney's work in canada shows if you don't lick your pups they don't lick their pups wow Right, so you have to serve and return the opposite to what you're used to doing to change a behavior. But the smiling is really easy, or a hug, a hug because you drive in oxytocin, a smile because it's reflex in the mirror neuron system. So she has to do it back to you without her trying, really.
1: Incredible.
0: You know what I mean? So um, you, and it gives her that feeling of, oh, Leah's really happy. I don't need to worry about her. Wow. Even if I may not be, I don't need to worry about my baby.
1: Wow. Oh, I'm just...
0: Definitely- I know. there's simple things, but that, that you are biohacking, basically.
1: <laughs> that is, yeah. That would be the ultimate, because that's a tough one for me. But, okay, how about... I feel like, yeah, there is so much more we could talk about, but how about we... Oh, we'll keep going. Yeah. Well, how about we keep doing... Only because I wanted to give myself 10 minutes to put, like, put my... Yeah, dog me
0: dog too. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah just to put, and then I can send you the otter recording also. Yes. As the yeah.
0: Recording. Well, we're going to write book chapter each one for your book, one for mine.
1: I'm very excited. This really, like you mentioned, this must've
0: happened for a reason and
1: it's really incredible. I already
0: know what the reason was. So it's, it's not just, the book.
1: I feel so grateful <laughs> for your knowledge. I just have to thank you again a bunch of times and I'll
0: continue oh. to, but um, I'm grateful that you're trying it. Oh yeah. Because that's you. what my, my aim is to, to help people wherever I can, however I can. And it takes someone to, to have an open enough mind to give it a go. And that's been the issue for this whole movement is because, or uh, this new, any revolution takes time. This is already about 40 years or 100 years of trying mm-hmm. to change human thinking. But, you know, we're so embedded in a other model. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need both. This is just a tool. I see it as sets of tools that you can then lean on Right. And they're lifelong because you can then give them to your children. You're not passing on the same behaviour. Do you know what I mean? You're changing it. I
1: see.
0: Very powerful. I didn't think I'd discover it, to be honest, Leah. I did not. I thought I was not going to make any more discoveries. I was going to give up in science because I thought, I'd, you was know, getting narrower and narrower. And then I met someone in neuroplasticity, which I was meant to do at the right time, um, because without my other training, I couldn't speak to you so confidently. Wow. and all the things I've done since all the people I've met all of, it's you know it's this is extraordinary and it's very helpful for oh, lots of people
1: it's hugely helpful for me so I just I gotta thank you again
0: but anyway you better go
1: yeah let's schedule we'll just quit message each other again and if this time works we can we can like keep doing
0: yeah so you can email me to um, those recordings I think you have my email yeah, I if do. If the yeah. files are too big, then we can do Dropbox link or something.
1: Yeah, I'll try emailing this um, this video recording and then also. The, oh, tr- the
0: other thing, can I ask you? Would you would you consider putting this on a pod my podcast? Shining I would Mind? love
1: to. That would be so great. Yes, of course. Because you know, my whole goal it too is to reach many cancer survivors.
0: Exactly. It's- yeah. yeah. Because it's
1: a very. You know, it's a very when you've been through cancer it's a whole ordeal and so i'm trying to get in you know get in touch and get the message across to as many survivors too, or anyone who's been touched by cancer which evidently is everyone so i would love to yeah
0: yeah thank you thank you for helping other people who are going through the same thing
1: thank you what are we here for i mean i don't know
0: exactly what else is there
1: exactly yeah i think the
0: pandemic's making that clear
1: uh, yeah, that's the one good thing about it, I would say.
0: There's, there's a few good things. Um, yeah. I don't like anyone dying, of course, or suffering, but I think uh, the, the uh, climate, uh, mm-hmm. from lack of air travel and lots of other things, is going to be uh, greatly... Well, we don't know that yet. We haven't got the data, but I'm sure it's going to have some better repercussions for climate change. I yep. think the Black Lives Matter movement has been given a lot of more airplay than it would have otherwise, I think. And there's been a time for change there. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic showing that obesity generates a lot of bad symptoms mm-hmm. and that one way to flatten the curve without a vaccine is to get um, to try and pay attention to stress management, your health, and you know, like exercising and what you're eating, because that actually improves your immune system, which helps fight the virus. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great outcome. Or trying to educate people about that is really good. So um, I also think people have got to understand that their relationships matter, and where they end up really matters—who they're with,
1: right? Definitely.
0: And taking care of those relationships really matters. So these are all are the positive things I see coming out of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen the silver linings too, and it's good to highlight them. So anyway,
0: you better go. We'll talk yeah,
1: soon i'll send you this and then we'll regroup and thank you again enjoy the rest of your day it's the morning you right? bye. enjoy you too bye, bye.